Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we're Ooh, having a great time. Go. Yeah, we'll have to slow down a little bit, say, hey, here we are. Yeah. Catholic Cafe. Slow down, luxurious corner booth. And uh, When you first opened up, you sounded like one of those guys on the midway. You know what the thing is? You know that music makes me want to talk fast. It makes you want to dance. Yeah. We, <laughs> you know what I'm I mean? I'm not a good dancer, so it does make me want to dance, but it does make me want to move. It does. And then I have to stop and go, wait a second. I'm in the luxurious corner booth. You can't move in the I luxurious need to sl- I need to slow down and just enjoy the time that we're here. Relax. And the company that's with you. Exactly right. Tom well, Dorian. You're welcome. Tom Dorian, who's my wingman and sidekick, and I'm so happy to have you here, Tom. Happy to be here. Thank and you. And you know what else I'm happy about? Life. Yeah, well, more than that, I'm happy about emails. <laughs> I love getting emails. They're fun, aren't they? They are great fun. And I have yeah. an email that I'm going to read a little bit from, and we're going to deal with this email. This was a good one. This is a nice one. I like this one. And it, uh, it starts, hi, Deacon Jeff, with exclamation point. So this is a very bubbly, happy person. We're going in the right direction. Exactly. They know how to, you know, be nice. Yeah. I'm a member of the LT Corps, and I didn't know what that was. Isn't that Life Team? It is Life Team. Yeah. And Corps, they're like kind of a leadership group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm a member of the Life Team Corps. I've been asked to give a talk at our spring retreat regarding Saul's conversion in Acts 9. Now, I'm reading some of this email here. Our retreat theme this spring is about face. Obviously, conversion there, right? Regarding the battle we are in for Christ, it touches on some age-appropriate spiritual warfare, but mainly focused on the general battle. And she goes on to say that her talk is uh, will be followed by adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Here's where she comes in with the big, the big kahuna. The big question. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions for how I could best integrate the talk on Saul's conversion for the teens while preparing them to go into adoration? Now, I just want everyone to know I realize what what this young lady's doing. She's she's gonna she's like asking us to do her work for her. Yeah. So she's obviously lazy. She, you know, she's got I'm just teasing. I'm just no Why did you stop? You she is good. no, she is smart. She's super smart because she's yeah. going to the experts. Exactly. No, well exact expert. Well, no, yeah, you're right, Tom, you're the only expert. Oh so, yeah, well she's in trouble. She so she wants help in, in giving this talk and she says thanks for so much for all your help. Listening to the Catholic Cafe is always the best part of my day. Well, she's got a very bad day, apparently. <laughs> and shout out to Tom Dorian. Yay. Yeah, she's a Dorian fan. That's that's awesome. God bless and, you. You know, she's doing the right thing here. If you want to get something, you got to butter the host up, And right? you got to say her name. Yeah. Ex- well, okay, but so... It's a pretty name. Yeah, I'm going to say it, but she goes on and says, thanks, or thank you so much for everything, and I thank both of you and Tom for the show. It is a truly wonderful resource. It is a one of reasons. Yeah, and then she says most sincerely. She's not just sincerely. She's most sincerely. She's most sincerely. So this is very sincere, and her name is Erica. Right. And she's from uh, the great state of Georgia. Got to so, love Georgia. Yeah. So uh, Erica, is a, I'm sure she's a Georgia peach. She's a wonderful person down there in Georgia way. And she's got some teens that she's going to have to talk, give a talk on right. Saul's conversion. And the theme is about face. It's not about face. It's about face it's about face like we could do like a whole the, show like on we're that in the army pun right there like we're in the army you're turning 
cry. You turn. It's about face. Right. You go, it's not about anybody's you face. You do a 180. Although it's Paul's face, and you see the look on his face, you know, that's when you right. first encounter Christ. But that's a whole other thing, and we're going to talk nice about segue. that. Nice segue. Nice segue. We probably need to just refresh some folks. We need to go to Acts chapter 9 and just spend a little bit of time here in our scriptures. And refresh ourselves, Deacon Jim. That's right. And so uh, we, we, we see, starting with verse 1 here in chapter 9, Now Saul, still breathing murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, that if he should find any men or women who belong to the way, he might bring them back to Jerusalem in chains. <laughs> On his journey, as he was nearing Damascus, a light from the sky suddenly flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, Who are you, sir? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, for they heard the voice but could see no one. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. For three days he was unable to see, and he neither ate nor drank. And then, uh, you know, St. Luke goes on to tell us about Ananias, who's a mm-hmm. disciple of the Lord, mm-hmm. and the Lord sends uh, a word to Ananias to go to be with Saul, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and essentially to baptize him, to bring him into the faith. And so we read later, um, starting in verse, at verse 17, so Ananias went and entered the house, laying his hands on him, He said, Saul, my brother, the Lord has sent me, Jesus, who appeared to you on the way by which you came, that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, things like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. He got up and was baptized, and when he had eaten, he recovered his strength. And then we know that eventually his name is changed. To Paul. To Paul. That's right. So a a total conversion, obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. name change. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, you know, a lot of people don't realize that there's a connection between the name change that happens in priests who are from religious orders when Mm -hmm. they take a new name, but also our Holy Father. Right. When a pope takes a new name, Mm -hmm. right, and we look back in history and realize that when your name has changed, something big has happened. That's a big deal. That is a, a big, big deal. And so Erica is asking, well, how do you, you're talking to a bunch of teens, mm-hmm. right? And, and how do we take this and uh, help them prepare them, like give them a little talk here about conversion, but then also kind of lead them into the Blessed Sacrament? You know, and I, th- I, I, was, I gave her a couple of ideas I thought immediately, you know, well, I'll just come up with a couple of ideas. Don't want to leave mm-hmm. her hanging here. You know, and she reached out. So well, let me just give her a couple of ideas. So I came up with a couple of ideas. And at the end of it, I said, you know. We ought to do a show about this. Perfect. Because we haven't done a show on on Saul's conversion to Mm-mm. Paul. Mm-mm. And so I thought, well, well, that's what we'll do. And so we're talking maybe to teens, but I think all of us out there, as we hear some of these ideas, can actually think that maybe we could see ourselves oh, yeah. in some of this. Yeah. I mean, because even though we're, we're all good Catholic boys and girls, mm-hmm. or at least we're trying, mm-hmm. or some of us may not be Catholic, but we're trying. Sure. Right, but we know that we still fall, we still fail, we still do bad things, mm-hmm. and so we're always. And Pope John Paul II said that we're in in the need of constant conversion. We should always be undergoing conversion. We should always be aching and longing for Christ, mm-hmm. getting closer and closer to Him. And so when we think about Paul, we think, okay, conversion, sure, right. And that's that's Erica's theme is about face, mm-hmm. right. And so. The first thing I thought of was, 
I guess to remind folks that when you're talking about this story, the reason why I'm telling you this story is because I hope you see yourself in it because I see myself in it. Sure. Right. To help them see that, you know, that they're actually Paul. Oh, yeah. And that all of us really, we, we have we're scales on our eyes, right? Yeah, we're we, all Paul. At times, we're blinded by sin. Mm-hmm. We're, we're blinded uh, and we don't, we don't see the Lord. We're always mm-hmm. in this sort of constant need of, of an ongoing conversion, you know. And, of course, the scales that, that cover our eyes, they may be things like racism, mm-hmm. you know, classism, bullying, cheating, you know, at work or at school. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, lust, pornography. These are things that enter our lives and they they literally are like plaque in our arteries, you know, right. to stop the free flow of grace. Any kind of addiction. Absolutely. And all this stuff can just I mean, it essentially it may it not only hardens our hearts, but it literally puts scales on our eyes and it mm-hmm. makes it so that we can't see the Lord. We can't see the right decisions. We can't see the way to go. Right. And so understanding first and foremost that we are Paul sure. and that all of us are under in. And don't fall for that thing like, well, I was converted, I was baptized, so I'm okay, or I was saved, so I'm okay. You know, at any state in time, a day in time, in our normal everyday lives, we can suddenly kind of blink and go, wait a second, I can't see as clearly as I could see before. Right, right. Because we realize we're in a bad place and we realize we need conversion. Sure. You know, and sometimes this conversion may happen quickly, it may be a... A two by four, you know, some big obvious right between thing. the eyes. Yeah, but sometimes it may just be something subtle. We realize after a long road, you know, walking in a certain direction, looking for a bigger TV or looking for a, a better, uh, you know, experience, you know, with a person of the other sex or just trying to find other things that, of the world that would that would try to fill the emptiness in our hearts. And we would keep walking down that road and we realize there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's the way the Lord kind of reaches to, into our hearts and helps us to see that we are in need of conversion. We've got scales on our eyes. Now, another thing that I came up with and, and, and something I think we can, we can get from this particular little story is notice that what, what, did, what did Paul hear? He heard his name. That's right. Repeated. Twice. Listen, when, the, when a Jew repeats something, you've got to listen. You know, if Jesus <laughs> says, amen, amen. Can you say that? Yeah, I did. I just said it. <laughs> But the point is, you, you know, he meant it. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? He meant it. And when he said, Saul, Saul. Yeah. It wasn't just like, hey, Saul, let's go up. What's up? How you doing? Right. No. Uh-uh. Saul, Saul. Right. You know, why are you persecuting me? Yeah. What are you doing? Wake up. You know, and, and, and that, that helps us to understand that, that Jesus calls our name as well. Again, it may not be loud and, you know, Jeff, Jeff, or Tom, Tom. Right. You know, but, it, but, it, but he's calling our name. Sure. Maybe it's through the cry of another. Exactly. Maybe it's the cry of a child. Maybe it's a, a homeless person. Right. right. Maybe it's someone who we've just offended in some way. Sure. Right. And so he calls our name in some form or fashion because Jesus knows each of us. That's what I was going to say. He knows you. That's, That's why right. he's calling you. He's calling us. He knows us. Mm-hmm. He's familiar with us. Mm-hmm. And he wants us and desires us mm-hmm. to want him. Right. Mm-hmm. And to be in his presence. And so to know that. That, that his light comes to us, right, specifically to us, not just out over everybody. It, it's, it's us, you know, and, and he wants us to truly see him, mm-hmm. right? And so, so the, and the same way that happened to Paul, hopefully, you know, in the way that he would convert from his sinful ways, we too would be drawn to convert from our sinful ways. Right. 
right? Now, before we're drawn any further into this, we got to stop and take a break. All righty. All right, we're going we're gonna to talk about more when we get back. Before we do, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Type and in you D. know what? Yeah, yeah, the is important. It's an Say important the word. The Catholic Cafe, otherwise you're going to be dating the ninth Catholic girl you find on the, on the web. But, <laughs> but I uh, want to hear from you. Send me an email, just like Erica did. Send me an email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we will be right back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Thomas Aquinas was born in 1226 AD in the region of Aquino in Italy. At the tender age of five, his family placed him under the care of the Benedictine monks of Monte Cassino. As he grew, it became quite clear to his teachers that St. Thomas was not the average boy. He excelled not only in learning, but also in virtuous living. When it came time for St. Thomas to choose his direction in life, he announced that he would disavow himself of worldly things and become a Dominican. This did not make his family happy, as they had other plans. Still, at the age of 17, he joined the Dominican Order in Naples. This upset his family to such a degree that they even resorted to sending a woman of ill repute to try and tempt him out of the order. St. Thomas prayed for perfect chastity, and God granted him that he not fall into temptation. For this act of perseverance, St. Thomas is known today as the Angelic Doctor. As a Dominican, he continued his studies at Cologne. It was there that he became known by his nickname, the Dumb Ox. You see, St. Thomas was very quiet and a very large man. But it was soon to be realized that this Dumb Ox was not dumb at all. Quite the contrary. St. Thomas Aquinas was actually quite brilliant. His grasp of spiritual matters, philosophy, the sciences, and natural law set him apart from the rest. In fact, while still 22 years of age, he was appointed to teach there in Cologne. Not solely a great thinker, St. Thomas was also a spiritual giant. He answered God's call to become a Dominican priest. He was known to be a wonderful, faith-filled priest whose preaching bore much fruit in his lifetime. Throughout his life, he was offered many high positions of great dignity in the church, but he always politely refused them. He chose instead to pour himself into his priesthood, into his studies, and indeed into his great contemplation of life's meaning and purpose. Perhaps his greatest gift to the church was his Summa Theologica. Though never completed, his Summa has proven to be one of the single most important and influential treatises concerning the Catholic faith. It is studied, referenced, and heralded to this day. St. Thomas Aquinas was one of the greatest and most influential theologians of all time. His feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on January 28th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with Tom, and we are talking about Erica's email. We are. And Erica from Georgia sent us this email talking about Saul's conversion to mm-hmm. Paul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's talking to some, some young 
team folks, and she's trying to help them find life their way. Team. Life team. Trying to help them find their way and asked for our help and kind of come up with some ideas of how maybe she might be able to address uh, Saul's conversion. Right. And, and put it in a way that they might say, hey, I can get something out of this. Hopefully now I understand helpful. why I'm reading this. And so we've talked about helping them see themselves as Paul, to see Paul in themselves and see their mm-hmm. own sinfulness and their essentially their need for conversion, right? Mm-hmm. And that they have scales on their eyes from uh, blind, that causes blindness, but through the sin in their lives, whether it's racism right. or whatever, um, you know, classism, bullying, cheating, working, uh, cheating at work or school or whatever, you know, and this, we do stuff all the time that mm-hmm. causes this buildup on our eyes. And of course we also talked about the fact that we are called by name, that, that Jesus actually calls each of us by name and that's demonstrated because he to, knows us. Right. To, to Saul, Saul, right. You know, specifically calls him out. So, you know, Saul couldn't turn to one of the guys on the road and say, dude, I think that guy's calling your name because <laughs> there wasn't any other Saul. Right. Right. And then how we need to, that Jesus comes to us as light. Mm-hmm. Right. And now in our lives, he comes to us as light and you think, well, I haven't been walking down a road and seeing this big bright line in my mm-hmm. eyes. In fact, if I did, I would probably think I was on a railroad track, you know, <laughs> or I was in the middle of the street and I would right. know to get out of the way or whatever, because I'm getting ready to get run over. And the thing is, Jesus comes to us as light in so many different ways, right? It may be mass. Mm-hmm. It may be something we read. It may be just uh, friends. You know, right. maybe a homeless person mm-hmm. calling out to us and saying, hey, buddy, can you spare this or that? Or can you help me get a ride to such and such? And I'm not telling you what to do in those situations. I'm just saying that the Lord comes to us in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And understanding that, that, that Jesus, his light comes to us is important. Mm-hmm. Right, and so then also, I guess another aspect of this, uh, this this reading here uh, from the Acts of the Apostles that I would I would focus on is, you know, really Paul, he didn't think he was sinning. Right, right. He he thought he was just doing his job. Right. You know, my job is to persecute these idiots. It was pretty evil, but it was his job. But it was his, he was doing his thing. Right. Right. And so he would go and he'd get his pay, mm-hmm. you know, and he would do what he had to do and. And, you know, the interesting thing is a lot of times people don't realize that as we kind of do our job in mm-hmm. the waves of the world, mm-hmm. that the world would have us continue to do the job of living a certain lifestyle or living a certain way or ignoring a certain population or treating people poorly or making fun of this or, right? You know, the world doesn't really in and of itself care. Mm-mm. In, for individuals, right, right, and whole classes of people, and 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 effectively is happy to trample on everything. And the world calls us to sort of like do our everyday thing and not to be worried about all of those folks. Right now, there's a good sense of uh, a spirit of humanity, and even people who don't believe in God who treat people nicely, and that's good. And I I really think that's the law of God that's essentially written on their hearts and and really calling them to be Christian. But but beyond all that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy for us to kind of walk through the world and sit and think that I am just doing my job, just kind of doing my everyday thing. Mm -hmm. And this really isn't bad. Mm -hmm. But if we are not called, Mm -hmm. right, and the Lord does call us by name, you know, we're going to go down the wrong path. We're going to continue down the wrong path. Right. But Jesus calls us out of our blindness. So we need right. to tune in a little bit. Tune in. To yeah. be listening. Wake up. Look for the warning signs. Look for, look for the, the signals, the warning signals. Because they're there. Right. There may not be a two-by-four. No. But there may be a whisper of some kind That's exactly in right. your life. 
Right. And I got to tell you, in my own personal life, I think the times that have been the biggest, the most profound changes mm-hmm. were not when I got caught red-handed, when I when something big happened, I got a really terrible diagnosis or something uh, drastic or dramatic happened, mm-hmm. right? Right. I think in my own life, I think it was times where I would suddenly sort of feel an emptiness. Yeah. And then I would realize that what I was doing was trying to fill myself with something, and, and I would go, this isn't doing it. Right. Right. So those are those subtle things that happen where, you know, where, where you know, I think that that I get called out of this sinfulness yeah, and I don't realize it. So it's a supernatural thing, mm-hmm. but I think that you've got to be ready for it or you've got to be open to it. Yeah. So whether it's stopping and contemplating a little bit, praying or even just being quiet, mm-hmm. right? When you're quiet, other things can get in, you know, other things can get a word in, right. but if you're always talking, whether out loud or in your head, you know, when you're not I'm, tuned in. You're not yeah. listening. When I've been in adoration, you're, quiet, you're listening. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. But how hard is it, Tom? Have you ever gone to adoration on a, after a busy day? Oh, well, it's very difficult. Yeah. What happens? Your mind is racing constantly, Just constantly going through yeah. all this stuff, and you're like, you know, Lord, and then this happened. This one's. I'm hoping you're going to help me out of this situation because that's going to not going to work. I just want to see that my wife doesn't understand why I'm just. And I've got these kids, and I don't know if you know about kids. Like, yeah, this is the problem. Right. I've got all this. And you start going one after another, and I just sometimes every once in a while I think that. That, that God just says, you know what? You need to shut up. Right. You just need to close it down and and help me help you. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, help me help you. And so, and, and, and that's important for us, mm-hmm. right? To, just to realize that, that if we're just going through life oblivious, we're just doing our job and we're not thinking, we can really easily go down that path. Sure. Now, another thing that I would point out about Saul's conversion, mm-hmm. right, is that it was dramatic, Right. Very. It was this big blinding light, you know, in front of him. Yeah. Right. And I love how Luke is a, a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. He, he 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 would be a great Hollywood writer, script writer, you know. He would be because he tells these stories, and you know, he he points out that Paul, you know, you know, is like, wow, kind of laid back. Whoa, he's on the ground, you know, and and you know, the other folks are like going, man, they they saw all this stuff, but they they didn't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, and so this this. This experience was specifically, uh, you know, this was specifically his. It says the men who were traveling with him stood speechless. They heard the voice, but could see no one. Now, I don't know. That's pretty scary. Pretty dramatic. That is dramatic when you think about it. He was calling Saul's name twice. Saul, Saul. Not only did he hear it, but they heard it. They heard it. It wasn't like some soft. It was a two-by-four voice. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. Knocked now, him down. But that didn't always happen to us, Right. Right. In fact, I would say that a lot of times people are like waiting for that two by four, right? And, and and it sometimes may not happen the way we want it to happen. In other words, don't you think that when people are in a, in a bad way, that they will oftentimes sort of reach out or call out or show you signs that they're either addicted or they're having issues or they're having problems? They'll be acting out in some way without specifically saying it. Oh, yeah. Right? And I think that's the desire that people have for some big dramatic conversion. They want like... The showstopper. They want this thing to happen, and the reality is, I, I think that same as the in the Bible. They they always wanted miracles. They show me something. They don't, exactly. They don't want, it, they don't want to just. We don't want the casual. They don't small want to thing. do what you said a minute ago, which was to be quiet, be still, just yeah. listen. But yeah. I think that it's still just as profound, and maybe even more profound, when we suddenly just engage, uh, you know, our minds in trying to 
wrap ourselves around what's going on rather than have that two-by-four. Because you know when you hit by the two-by-four, you are an offensive lineman. And I know that there were a couple of times that you probably you learned uh, how to sit or stand or what your stance should be because you got knocked down and you probably took like a right. couple of minutes for your breath to come back. <laughs> or maybe you did that to other folks, you know. And sometimes yeah, when we get, hit by, we get hit by that two-by-four, we suddenly realize, you know, it takes us a while to sort of get our – you know, bearings. You got to gather yourself. You know, Paul's kind of like going, "What is going on?" He took right. him a while to stand up. Right. You know, and then for three days he couldn't see. You know, it's just obviously he was out of sorts. And again, I, I think that this idea of looking for a dramatic conversion isn't always going to happen. Mm-hmm. But to understand that it can be just as powerful. In fact, what's amazing about this, and what I think it's important for us to understand, is a lot of people think that I am in so deep that it would take literally an earthquake a bolt of lightning, a tornado, uh, and, you know, a host of heavenly angels to come and, you know, pick me up and throw me down and do something. And they wait for that big drama moment when, in fact, we need to understand that with God, all things are possible. Right. Right. Anything. He can do anything. Right. And, and faith can move mountains. Right. We know that. And so if we, if we truly believe that and we engage him at that level, yeah. then that, that faith of a child, that's mm-hmm. what saves us. Also, to go with the theme, all you have to do is turn around. You just have to make an about face. Isn't that amazing yeah. how simple that is? Yeah. And that's why I have you on the show, Tom, Yeah, to come up with those simple answers. Well, I need simple answers. Yeah, but you, that it's actually, a simple mind. that is more profound, than I think, than anything I've said the whole time. I've been running my mouth the whole time. And you say, you know what? Dude, it's kind of it's like the prodigal son just story, turn too. Around. He did turn around. He did. No, but he felt hunger. But, but still, all he did was just turn. And come back. And, and his father turn. ran to him. You're right. Yes, yeah, same, right. same with this. So I guess if you're worried and you think, oh, what do I do? It's like, right. don't well, do then, anything, well, just you're, turn. You're just saying turn. Yeah. At least turn your back to the evil. Right, exactly. Right? And, yeah. and kind of stop. And then I guess the last thing I would kind of bring up, and this is kind of important. So Erica is trying to send these kids into adoration. And I mm-hmm. stop and think, you know, I, I would just think that, you know, Jesus made himself present to Paul mm-hmm. on the road. He got right between Paul's destination he and did. Paul, and he was there, present as this blinding light. There was a blinding light. You know what? When we go to adoration, we go in that little adoration chapel, we sit there, there's that blinding light. You're right. Right in front of us. You're right. Jesus puts himself right there. You know, and our question to ourselves is, are we going to be Paul? Are we going to be Saul and be converted to Paul? Will we become Paul? Are we going to convert? Right. And every day the Lord beckons us and asks us to be converted. He's calling each one of us. He does it, you know, in adoration. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there he is present before us. That's right. So, Erica, I hope these things help you out and, uh, and give you some good ideas in doing this thing. And I, I wish you all the best. And I know that if you're a woman of God, you're going you're gonna to lead a great little talk Absolutely. retreat for these life teens. Let's close in prayer. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you are the divine author of all that is good and holy. Remove, we pray, the scales of sin and hatred from our eyes, that we may see the light of truth, who is your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.